welcome to Protecting Seas. My name is Nikki. I am the co-founder of Mimoana, and today I'm speaking with Mark from One Percent for the Planet, an amazing organisation. He's going to talk uh, us uh, talk to us a little bit about what they do um, and how it's been helping the planet. And thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, it's great to be here, Nikki. Uh, sorry, the connection was just a little frozen, but I think we're good now. Yeah, we're but good. Good. <laughs> we're good. Um, so let's go right into it because I think many don't know what exactly it is. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about what 1% for the planet is. Oh yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, and greetings to your audience. Um, I'm actually calling in from uh, Madison, Wisconsin, which is um, for your European audience that might not know is uh, uh, in the center of the United States near the Great Lakes um, and the uh, traditional territory of the Ho-Chunk people. Mm. Uh, and so we at 1%, we're, we're remote. So our, our home base is actually in Burlington, Vermont, which is many hours away from where I live, but we're actually a global organization that serves businesses and environmental nonprofits around the world. Um, and you know, fundamentally, the, the simplest thing that we could say that we do is we really help fund those environmental organizations through uh, this ever-growing and fast-growing network of businesses out there that are looking to have a positive impact on the environment through their corporate philanthropy. Um, you know, so really what our, our whole purpose is, is to build that network and to build a model that connects businesses and environmental, what we call environmental partners, which could be nonprofit organizations or charities, depending on the country that you're in, there's a lot of different ways um, for that kind of work to come around. But we, we work basically case by case connecting over at this point over 6,000 environmental partners environmental organizations to uh, i think somewhere around 5,500 businesses across the world wow. um, and you know that could be across a wide variety of topics that that we consider to be environmental um which doesn't have to be strictly you know um, just conservation um or you know kind of the the old school idea of what environmental was this kind of biophysical thing but uh really a wide range of social ecological and intersectional ideas you know from indigenous land tenure to sustainable urban development to ocean conservation you know obviously very much still in the mix <laughs> yeah. uh, and um another part of really who we are and what we do is we're a third party certifier of this philanthropy and so a big reason uh, that a lot of people have seen us and know about us is because you might see us as a logo that is placed onto the products of our business members around the world. Um, and so, you know, like a lot of other certifications out there, what we provide is basically like a consumer confidence and independent third party verification that that business is actually doing the thing that they say that they're doing. Fantastic. I mean, it sounds complicated but it, i'm sure it, it, it works i mean we're one of the partners and we're super happy to be involved with this whole system because it does help um, I'm, I'm sure there's many just like us that get no funding i mean we've been working since 2019 and doing the cleanups and recycling education and we are getting no economical help so of course and we always look for different ways of trying to get that back which is exactly what you guys do um now this is com of course a completely different way of helping the planet because if you say helping the planet people usually think of cleanups or recycling mm -hmm. or selling biodegradable or well biodegradable not but maybe products without any plastic just different ways but then of course 
this also helps in its own way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we see that the the business community is obviously a massive a part of the global economy. And that's where a lot of the resources are that can help be directed towards funding organizations like yours and, and the, the thousands of tens of thousands of organizations out there that really are doing the work. You know, they're doing the thing that is going to create a livable future for us. And what there needs to be more of and really what we're serving to doing is connecting that economic sector to that work because you know a lot of those businesses and emerging a growing very fastly growing amount of businesses out there are very values based and they want their company to be associated with a productive future you know a healthy environment a place where their kids our kids can can live happy and healthy lives and so those who are making that commitment are um are pretty extraordinary. I mean, dedicating 1% of your total business revenue, um, the number one sounds small, but when you actually see the dollars um, and um, how few businesses can actually make that commitment, um, it's pretty impressive. And, you know, through this model, we've already seen those business members donate over 450 million US dollars wow. um, to environmental causes uh, since we've been around, which is, uh, around 2003 2002 i think wow it's it's a huge quantity i mean it's and it's something that we definitely need and it just shows again that it's such a, a different way of helping the planet and it's and it's a perfectly good way it's an amazing way uh, and it's just something that people won't easily think of so it's it's just great that you guys have started this and are doing this in order to help the smaller ones like ourselves and many many thousand others that are in desperate need um of of this funding um and now of course we we see it from first hand the states that the ocean and the planet is in and i think you can agree with me that it's 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 not a good state the planet it needs a lot of help either economically like you're doing uh cleanups physically um is there still hope do you think personally that that we can actually give a better future for the next generation. Yeah, that's that's a it's a tough question I think for a lot of people to to try to be, you know, a bit of a futurist and, you know, look out 10 years, 30 years, 100 years into the future and predict what anything is going to look like, you know, if, if you because if you look backwards that same amount of time, you wouldn't expect us to be where we are now. Um it's so it's so hard. Um Personally, I I am full of hope, and I think I'm I'm required to. I'm a father, and so when you have kids, you have to assume that there is something that you can really do, and something that you can really provide for your kids to be around in the same way that you and I are around, and you know some sort of progress and comfort and happiness. Um, I I want that for all of humanity, obviously, um, and particularly I work so that those who I love the most can experience that. But um, it, you know, it comes, it, it takes a little bit of creativity of the imagination to see how we're going to get there. You know, I'm, I'm a realist also in that sense, personally, in that I know that all these problems that we face, you know, whether it's declining fish stocks in the ocean or, um, you know, carbon or acidification, um, those kinds of things are real and they're not just going to magically fix themselves. And so we really have to 
recognize that these are not small problems, that they're not in, inconsequential problems. And so they're also going to require, you know, massive changes. Um, we're going to have to start thinking and acting differently. Um, we're going to have to see, you know, our technology different going forward. We're going to have to see our behaviors different going forward. And I think that's a lot of what our organization kind of represents is there's a lot of consumers out there, which we all are in some sense, we're all consuming the earth's natural resources to get by um, to you know varying degrees. Um, a lot of people are looking for what's my best path forward. I, I don't know everything. I can only know a few things, especially if I'm at a grocery store or a market, a clothing store, whatever it is. How do I make an informed decision? How do I change my behavior in small steps um, so that there is one iota of better coming out of this consuming behavior. And that's a lot of what our certification process tries to tell people. And we're, we're in this, you know, kind of this marketplace of promises of what, you know, a lot of people call greenwashing of these promises that there's really nothing behind it for 60% of all of those, those kind of environmentally beneficial claims are baseless. And so we're really out there to serve as an antidote to say like, well, we're, we're promising a very specific thing. It's, we know the number, we know the percentage of the revenue. Um, we're not talking about sales or we're not talking about profits, which is a murky number. We're talking about total revenue. We know how much of that is going and we know where it's going and we can verify that. And so people can at least have hope in the sense of that they can make more informed choices than they could before. And they know what they're driving towards. And I, I think, you know, we've had this consciousness within humanity uh, for millennia that we can we can be good stewards of the earth um, and we can live in a way that uh, can can make our relationship to the planet, you know, more beneficial than it is right now. Um, and so it's really just kind of bringing our behavior, you know, in this modern world and our culture to that point where we can we can use natural resources, we can enjoy natural resources and the land. And then we can also invite ourselves to just go a little bit further and take an obligation to take care of the earth at the same time. You know, I think that's, that's a part that we're, we're really moving forward in our consciousness. And that's what makes me hopeful is that people really are considering it an obligation now that they have to take care of the place where they live, which for just a very short amount of time, we kind of forgot about. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Um, no, there's, there's definitely a change which you see through the time. You see um, people used to think cigarettes were good for you and then they started understanding, oh, wait, no, they're not. So it, people's consciousness and people's ideas of everything is starting to change. Um, but it was so interesting during the pandemic. I don't know about there, but here we saw such a huge change during the quarantine um, because, of course, we were, you know, there was not a single human on on the planet at that time. And it was just animals were everywhere. There were foxes in my garden. I mean, there were just animals that I'd never seen here. They were, you know, next to you. Um, the oceans were clean. The beaches were clean. Rivers were clean. Everything was clean and green. And, you know, the, the earth had sort of like a big smile on it saying, thank you for leaving me alone. Um, I don't know if it's the same there, but here we saw this huge difference. Oh, I, I think it, it was very much around the world that we saw that. And I think that definitely speaks to the resilience of the planet and a lot of populations that are that are really struggling right now. Um, both human and uh, wildlife populations that are struggling that 
kind of got, uh, I mean, a little bit of a paradigm shift for just a very short amount of time, but that opened a window to a lot of people's imaginations. We never even realized that there used to be dolphins there, that kind of thing. I know. Um, I mean, we saw dolphins the whole time. You, you saw these animals that were just sort of returning back and saying, finally, I can go home. Um, it was right. it was strange. <laughs> yeah. And, and that extended into, you know, people's ecosystems, too, and like their work life, which is is really fundamentally an environmental issue is how are people laboring? How are they going to work and what are they making and how and how does that affect the rest of their lives and how they organize themselves and the kinds of things that they use? And the pandemic was absolutely uh, transformational in, in terms of giving people different imagination um, about what work-life balance is and what they value, how much they wanted to go outside even, how much of their life was dedicated to walking through a forest. Yeah. Um, that changed for a lot of people. Um, and it also didn't change for a lot of people. So I wanna recognize that it was you know, mostly um, you know, privileged folk who um, had uh, you know, this kind of work from home shift and not everybody benefited in the same way. And certainly a lot of even those people didn't benefit necessarily. But I think that the whole world did experience a, a view into a different style of life, which is really interesting. Definitely. And and here, I mean, we have this rule where you could only walk a certain meters outside of your house. Um, wow. I don't know how they controlled it. <laughs> I don't think they, they actually did. But there was an actual law that said you can't go further than I don't know, 200 meters, which is not very far not, not a very far distance except if you had a dog and people used the weirdest things i mean someone strapped something to their cat to make it look like a dog other people took out toys and just made them look like dogs but the the, the main point of it was people were trying to find excuses to go outside which is something that we've been forgetting because of course working remotely working from home and then just sitting behind a computer it's become natural and normal and I do it I think 90% of the planet does it and then you get actual restrictions like okay now you can't go out and that's when people start to think oh wait but now I'm actually not allowed to which is completely uh, changed <laughs> yes. well that's a great example of showing the ingenuity of people and and how um even though we have, you know, very big and novel problems that we will find creative solutions to get around them most of the time. And our technology will adapt, even if that technology is dog ears for cats. <laughs> um, we'll find a way to get through problems. Yeah. Um, and so we did not experience that same thing in the United States in terms of the, um, the, the places in which you could travel away from home. I know that was probably a, a unique situation for you all, but... Yeah. Um, you know, certainly there were a lot of problems to overcome. And, and I know that a lot of people, um, loneliness was a big problem and, and animal shelters were vacant. People were adopting dogs and cats like they had never in the past. And yeah. we, got, uh, we, are, we got our dog Churro actually just a month before the pandemic hit. So entirely unrelated, but <laughs> we were kind of lucky because we were looking for a dog. Um, and uh, had we waited another month or probably wouldn't have been a whole lot of dogs and finds where we were living so yeah. it is interesting how that's even affected um you know domesticated animal populations yeah. pretty well i don't think anybody would have seen that coming no there was this whole huge transformation i mean everyone's gone through a type of transformation even if it was you know a bad one a good one everyone went through some type of change yeah. Um, but just going back to what we talked before, we were completely off topic. Um, it's 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 not it's it's great that businesses and pro non-profit organisations are being connected, um, because a lot of people like to point the fingers at 
someone or an individual or an organization and sort of blame them for what's happening and saying, you know, no, but it's the bigger company's fault. No, but it's the citizen's fault. No, it's your fault for throwing it. No, it's your fault for making it. And there was never really a one person, individual organization to blame. But now to for them to connect, it's sort of saying, yes, but, you know, we're, you know, you're making the solution of connecting the two that can uh, are both a little bit responsible for the problem and connected yeah. and making sure that they're working together, which is what we needed all along. Uh, that's absolutely true. Um, you know, we're we're all in a system. We're all in an economic system. Yeah. Um, there's producers and consumers and, you know, probably a lot of other nodes within that. Um, and our consciousness has to be raised to that level where we we have to understand that we are a part of that. You know, there's there's a consumer feedback loop um, and it's but, you know, I think that business itself has actually had to make the biggest change in recognizing that they have to be a part of this solution um, and that you cannot do business as usual as in like 20th century usual in perpetuity. Um, you know, because realistically, we, we have to be realistic. We are facing the sixth great extinction. And that has only come about since the mid 19th century. <laughs> you know, it's a very short amount of time to be facing something like that. That is absolutely undeniably anthropogenic. Um, and so business has to contend with that. Are they are they going to take a stand and put their money where their mouth is basically and and dedicate a significant por portion of their total sales to an environmental solution for these real real problems, or are they not? Um, and thankfully, the the members that we get to interact with all the time are bold leaders in that space, and they have made you know a hard and amazing but entirely sensible choice. Oh, you're completely right, and. Um... It's, it's fantastic that what you guys are doing, you're doing sort of the, the part that we can't do yet, which is making sure that it's connected and that everyone's doing the job, not just some of uh, us, some of us um, but that everyone's sort of doing the job, which is, which is what we needed. Um, so thank you so much for doing that. Um, and thank you, of course, for joining me um, and, and, and helping me um, spread the word a little bit more, spread awareness a little bit more. Um, as I said, it's amazing what you guys are doing as an organization. And it's been a huge help, not only to me, but also to all those that um, have joined as a partner or an organization in, in some sort. So I just wanted to really thank you for that. And, and thank you for coming here and telling us a little bit about it. Thank you, Nikki, and uh, thanks to you and your mission, uh, your organization's mission, your listeners' attention um, to you know environmental conservation, ocean conservation specifically. Um, you know, this is this is the movement that we need, and you know, educating and driving awareness is really so much of the battle. Yeah. So, thank you. Definitely. Well, thank you. So next week, we're going to be seeing another guest who's going to talk us a little bit more about what they're doing as organization or as individual to protect the seas.